This episode of Enough is brought to you by Squarespace, everything you need to create an amazing website. We're huge fans of Squarespace over at 70 Decibels, and I want to take this opportunity to tell you about a fantastic new offer from them. When you sign up for any annual plan, which gives you extremely reliable web hosting and powerful website creation tools, Squarespace will now give you a custom domain absolutely free. You choose the domain you want, which could include .com, .net, .org, or even more, and it remains yours. You don't need to jump through any hoops of changing A records or C names. Squarespace will take care of all this for you, right out of the box. Oh, and what about email? Well, they're bundling Google Apps integration too. This fantastic new offer even further rounds out Squarespace, making it the perfect place to start your new website or blog. Squarespace's plans start from as little as $8 a month, and you can find out more by going to squarespace.com forward slash 70 decibels to start your two-week free trial. And if you use the offer code 70 decibels 5 at checkout, you get 10% of your first purchase. You can find out all the information you need in the show notes. Hello, Michael. Howdy, Patrick. How are you? I'm dandy. How are you? Okay, you sound actually rather subdued. Do I? Oh, I'm very sorry. Subdued. Um, <clears throat> well, no, you don't have to apologize for anything. I would imagine you're you're probably like getting getting prepared uh, for your for your big trip. Yep, across well, uh, the big pond. When this episode's released, I'm already back on the plane. <laughs> 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 so where are you currently? Um, I'm probably at this time um, in Canada. So why are you going to why Canada? I thought you were going to Memphis. What's this Canada stuff? That's where my layover is. Oh, really? Through Canada? Mm-hmm. Through Canada. British Airways is flying you through Canada. No, I'm going by Air Canada. Oh, you're going via Air Canada. Oh, I love well, Canada. Expl- well, that explains a lot. Oh, Canada. I've been there when when we went to Vegas. We went through Canada too. I don't know why we. I have to keep going through Canada to come into the U.S. <laughs> I don't get that either. But okay, whatevs. This just seems like a. It seems like a a popular destination, you know, for a layover flight. Yeah. Because we would have gone direct and yeah. paid a little extra to go direct, but you actually cannot go direct to Memphis from anywhere in Europe. That th- that doesn't surprise me. Which I was very surprised about. No, that doesn't surprise me at all. Because Hackett said you used to be able to go via Amsterdam, which would have been a great stop. Oh, yeah. Good old Schiphol. Exactly. Good old Schiphol. One of my favorite uh, one of my favorite experiences through Schiphol. Um, That's the name of the airport, by the way, uh, yes, but it's yes, not yeah, familiar. Yeah. Name, yeah. Uh, through, uh, <clears throat> through customs. Uh, first, first of all, uh, interesting point of note. Uh... Little babies have to have passports, too, mm-hmm. which doesn't make any sense whatsoever, right? Because the passports are, like, good for, like, uh, I don't know. I think kids' passports are good for five years. There's no way. And so you take the baby photo, you know, for the passport. There's no way that a, even a three-year-old kid is going to look like that baby photo. You know what I mean? Yeah, it it does it makes no logical sense whatsoever. But in any case, so we're we're uh, we're in, uh, going through Schiphol and going through customs, and 
you know, we, we get up there and hand the customs officer our, our passports. And, uh, you know, like, you know, good day. How are you? And he's fine. And he's looking over and, uh, you know, he's, you know, takes mine, opens it up and looks at it and looks at me and, you know, does the stamp thing. And then he opens up, uh, Bethany's and, uh, uh, and, uh, you know, looks at hers and he's like, okay, you know, and then he opens up Beatrix's and Beatrix's, you know, we have her down in, in a stroller and the, the customs booths are actually up kind of higher so he kind of had to had to uh, stand up and he says you know is that beatrix uh and you know we said yep that's that's beatrix and he looks down and we said just like your queen he's like yes indeed just like our queen and he gives her <laughs> gives her passport a hearty stamp you know <laughs> I think he was just absolutely, you know, just delighted that, uh, you know, these stupid Americans actually know a little bit about the politics of his country. Ah, but I digress. You know, I really should have been a European. It would have been nice for us. Yeah. Well, it would have been, you know, nice for me, too. As I, I'm, in my heart, I'm European. I, I, I mean, I, like I said, I probably know more about Europe and the UK, than, or as much as I do about the United States. Um, <clears throat> but uh, where we used to fly through, because um, I used to come to, well, uh, two places very often uh, uh, over there, um, uh, Brussels, Belgium, uh, which I love. I love, love, love Brussels, um, and uh, Bournemouth in the UK, nice mm-hmm. little seaside town. Uh uh, pleasant little little place, Bad Bournemouth. Um, about uh, what an hour from London, hour and a half, something like that. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, uh, but I used to fly Iceland Air all the time for that, and come through Reykjavik. Uh, oh, Reykjavik. Reykjavik, or Reykjavik. whatever Reykjavik. Which is always great, right? Because I mean, yeah, because it's rinky dink, right? It's it's, you know they've got like you know something like four gates or something like that. It's it's all you know you you literally get off the plane at one gate, and the the gate you have to be at is literally twenty feet across the hall. (laughs) You know, there's no concourse or anything like that. Even your smallest airports are massive compared to a lot of european airports yeah in the u.s yeah, yeah you have true. huge airports yeah yeah this is true well i mean so many of our airports these days are are shopping malls more than our airports yeah yeah, you know yeah what definitely I, mean? I do yeah 100 <laughs> percent. i mean yeah there's uh, uh i mean there's a a large deal of uh or a large trend, I should say, in that idea of having a shopping mall-like experience with, like, restaurants and name-brand stores, Uh, you know. I mean, I'm thinking about uh, here in the Twin Cities, there's, like, an Ann Taylor and, (laughs) you know, I mean, these these stores that you would typically polo, you know, Izod, Lacoste, uh, um, you know, Hugo Boss. I think it's pretty important in a way, though, because I mean, like, I have to, I have to be in the airport three hours before my flight. Yeah. So that's that's a pretty long time, you know. I want, I want some stuff to do, 
And plus as well, I mean, airport shopping is really good in the UK because there's no tax on anything, you see. Yeah, yeah. So that's, yeah. that's a big thing for That is for a big us. thing. We, we, don't, we don't get that luxury here. Um, you know, it's, you, you still pay taxes. That stuff is not duty-free. Um, but all the same, I, 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 uh, I like a good airport. Schiphol is actually, um, is actually a pretty good, a pretty good airport. Their only problem is that they really are like a shopping mall. <laughs> yeah and they're expanding when we when we were when me and sammy were in amsterdam um they were expanding the airport they're adding in another runway and another terminal i believe and they're Holy making cow. it even larger and they're going to start flying to even more destinations they're making it a really really major major worldwide airport now i, I always assumed it was i always thought of it as yeah because it does it does a lot of uh, international flights like it flies a lot to the u.s but they i've my understanding from talking to our taxi driver was that they're, they're really trying to make it even more so right. than it already is. The, the way I always um, thought about it was this, and that is that Heathrow is like, uh, is like the JFK mm-hmm. of Europe, um, and Schiphol was always like the Chicago O'Hare. Right. right, Chicago O'Hare is super busy because it's almost literally dead center in the middle of the country, um, and so it's a it's always been a very easy layover waypoint between destinations. You know, flying New York to Los Angeles uh, via O'Hare. You know, I mean, uh, because it's right there in the middle of the of the country, and so mm-hmm. um, and Schiphol is kind of the same way. Right, it's kind of right there in the middle of Europe, um, and uh, and so it makes it an easy destination. The only thing I always hated about Schiphol, as someone who flew internationally often, um, and oftentimes with only about forty, thirty to forty-five minutes between flights, um, and while that may seem like a long time. It ain't at Shiphol, <laughs> <laughs> especially because all the international flights come in on one end of the airport, and all of the you know all the small regional airlines. At least this was like ten years ago. It's but you know so things may have changed. But at the time, all the all the things like EasyJet and Sabina and. Uh, um, Oh God, Voiling and you know those kind of uh, small regional jet liners um, were on the other side of the airport, so that meant that you had forty-five minutes to get all the way from one side to the other and go through customs in the middle, hmm. right? And th- th- it's a, it's a serious trek. <laughs> it is a track. Definitely. Um uh, it's 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 a pain in the butt. And not only that of course, but uh, they they put as many duty-free shops in between as possible. Uh it is almost it, I mean, it's almost impossible to go through Shiphole without dropping some money. <laughs> like you you'll be like running to the plane to go, "Oh, what?" That for like ten euro? Are you kidding me? Oh, oh I gotta stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
you know, they're you know thirty dollar iPods and stuff. I'm not joking. I'm joking. Well, shuffles. <laughs> yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, but I, you know, I, I I I love to fly and I love to travel and. I mean, Bethany and I were just last night fantasizing about just blowing through every ounce of resources we have and, you know, and just spending, you know, the rest of Beatrix's life, you know, or, you know, until she's old enough to go to college, just giving her a travel education, just traveling all over the world. It's very nice of you. (laughs) <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool, though? Do you want to do, want to do that for me? <laughs> like, there's no way we could do it, but oh, gosh. How awesome would that be to spend a life just just traveling and just learning all over the world? Maybe maybe if you sold one of your houses, you'd be able to, to pay for it for it. Yeah, well... <laughs> Well, I mean, that's why I was running here was because I was actually uh, I stopped at the uh, other house number one and other house number two to to take care of a few a few uh, small projects and just to follow up on on progress on ongoing ones. Um, the uh, we've got plumbing going into a recently purchased house that would be other house number two, um, and then uh, we. Uh, had a very long discussion last night, <clears throat> which actually led to the whole, let's just sell it all and fly all over the country, <laughs> which should tell you a little bit about how that discussion went. Uh, but uh, we're probably, we're going to try to, we're going to spend a lot more time this summer over at uh, over at uh, Other House Number One. Uh, kind of getting, it's it's a weird situation with that house because it's the house that Bethany grew up in and that she inherited from her mom. And so there's kind of a lot of memories. Yeah, that, but also neither one of us have a sense of ownership about it. Interesting. But come into that, not having a sensor sense of ownership from two entirely different planes, right? My plane being, uh, I really don't have an attachment to that house because other than our owning it and, you know, spending time over there occasionally once in a while, it's never really felt like, quote unquote, my house, you know, because that's her, the house she grew up in and her mom and her family and that sort of thing, right? But then again, it's really never felt like hers, but still it is full of memories and full of, um, I don't know, difficult emotional stuff to process because, I mean, her mom passed away at a relatively early age mm-hmm. and much, much younger than she should have. And, and, uh, you know, it's really, it's still very, very hard on Bethany. She still yeah. is very, um, you know, it's very hard. I mean, to to lose a parent, especially, you know, especially earlier than you expect and uh, and especially, you know, with so much that has happened since, you know, her, her, you know, she never lived to see a granddaughter, for instance, and she 
would have loved she would have loved Beatrix, right? And so it's things like that that, you know, just flood Bethany with memories every time we walk into the house. And and so to a certain extent we really have to go over there and spend some time kind of taking ownership of the house and making some decisions about okay, we're going to start to paint and make this room colors you know something that we chose and you know we're going to redo the floor and we're going to redo this and you know we're basically starting to make put it put your stamp on put it put our stamp on it yeah yeah exactly um and so part of the reason that i was over there was uh, to um, kind of take inventory of okay here's my what i'm thinking sort of thing because bethany had a chance to go over there yesterday and kind of you know come up with some ideas about things that we can do and projects we can start and i wanted to kind of get my you know get my bearing on those so Mm -hmm. so yeah so that's uh that's our plan so yeah just uh to you know you're so you're coming over here to memphis yep mainly right yeah uh, because Memphis is the hot destination of uh, of the of America. I mean, everyone thinks like New York or San Francisco or L.A. or, but no, no, no. Memphis is where it's at. So all about Memphis. It's all about Memphis. <clears throat> and uh, so uh, you're coming to uh, to spend some time with Mr. Hackett, correct? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, so. Uh, did I see there's some sort of like you know like meetup eventies thing sort of plan? I mean, do our listeners in Memphis need to know about this? Um, I could be wrong. There is one. Okay, but uh, it would have already happened. Oh, that's duh. <sighs> so thanks for coming. Forgetting. Yeah, thanks for coming. Uh, <laughs> it was really great. <laughs> sorry we didn't tell you about it earlier. If you missed it. Oh, sorry. Gosh, yeah, I, so keep I, I keep forgetting. I keep forgetting. I apologize to our, to this, this show's listeners because you're going to be hearing my stories like in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. We'll make it relevant somehow. All right. Well, okay. So things things you got to do. I'm I'm going to tell you what you have to do. Okay. Okay. Um, first of all, uh, you're, you're going to have to, you're going to have, you're going to have Graceland on your list. It and is while, on the list. What? It, it, just, it is on the list. Yes, of course, of course it is. Right. Uh, first of all, uh, you are aware that Graceland is like in the middle of the hood now, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I got the in- inclination from that somewhere. I can't remember where that was. Uh, I believe we had a whole episode entitled Graceland <laughs> in the hood. Um, of course, when, that's when, I knew when, that. when Mr. Hackett was on. Um, secondly, um, uh, so Graceland is fine, but don't uh, uh, you know? It's interesting, and uh, but I wouldn't put too much thought into it. The one that you really don't want to miss, Sun Studio. Yep, I knew that. That's the Sun on the Studio list. tour. Have to do the Sun Studio tour because I saw a. I was watching a TV show about Memphis a couple of days ago, and they showed Sun Studios, and I'm more interested to go to Sun Studios than I am to go to Graceland. But it's one of those things that I think there, especially my mother, would disown me, like would not let me back in the house if I went to Memphis and didn't go to Graceland. Yeah, yeah. And uh, back in the day, I I've had a uh, 
girlfriend who was an Elvis fan. And uh, so for her birthday uh, one year, I drove her down. We, we drove down to Memphis, and I took her to Graceland. And and uh, we went on the Sun Studios tour. Um, and, and both of us, even she was a big Elvis fan and certainly enjoyed Graceland, both of us came away from the Sun Studios tour saying that was way more cool. Um, just simply because of the history that is, you know, that has happened there. I mean, everyone yeah. from from Elvis, of course, Jerry. It's not Lee, just Jerry, Elvis, is it? No, it's just no. Cool it's Jerry Lee Lewis. It's BB King. It's U two for God's sakes. U two recorded what two songs uh, from uh, the Joshua Tree slash Rattle and Hum uh, um, days at Sun Studios. Um, so. I mean, it's it's had a very long and storied history. Um, uh, other things, uh, the Peabody Hotel uh, for the uh, for the marching of the ducks. Okay. Oh, you've spoken to me. About, you, we've even spoken about this, so I've heard you talk about this. Yes, yes, yes. The Peabody Hotel has. Uh, uh, has a tradition that goes back uh, something like a hundred years where they have these ducks and these ducks live on the roof and every morning at i want to say 8 a.m but i you know check the times i don't know exactly because i've never actually seen the the marching um uh it's this long tradition of these these ducks come down in their own little special elevator led by the duck master and the duck master walks these ducks to the fountain in the middle of the Peabody. And the ducks spend all day in the fountain. And then at 5 o'clock or whatever the end time is, they march back to the elevator and go back up home to their rooftop uh, little lair. <laughs> the duck cave. No. Um, so I've actually, so so I can't remember whether we talked about this on an episode or not. Um, but uh, I've actually, uh, when Bethany and I went down to New Orleans, we stopped in Memphis specifically to see the ducks. Now we got there about lunchtime, so we didn't get to see them marched. But we, you know, they were in the fountain playing around, and Beatrix had a, you know, wonderful time seeing these ducks. And I went off to the bathroom, came back five minutes later, and the duck master is sitting there giving a personal, you know, talking to Bethany and answering questions and talking to Beatrix. And he gave them little duck pens and everything else. And, uh, you know, they're just thrilled. And I came back, and, you know, we talked. We continued to talk about the history of the hotel and things like that. And then, uh, so he said, he said, I, I don't know how much time you guys have, but if you want, would, would you like to, would you like to go up and see the duck house and see where they live up on the roof and things like that? And we were like, you, you're joking, right? <laughs> said, no, 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 no. As, as long as you have the time. And uh, okay. Um, and so, cause it was actually, you know, Bethany uh, read a book um, about the Peabody Ducks when she was a kid. Or no, no, it wasn't read a book. I'm sorry. She got a postcard about the ducks when she was a kid, and she's wanted to see them ever since. She's and so this was almost kind of fulfilling a little bit of a dream for her, and to have the duck master himself say, "Let me give you a personal tour of the roof." I was just like, "Oh my gosh!" Right? And he took us up in the elevator, in the ducks' elevator, up to the roof. 
uh, to their beautiful rooftop patio, which he said, you know, we, you know, this is only open for events at the owner's discretion. You know, no one really ever comes up here. Um, we don't rent it out for weddings or anything like that, but the owners do occasionally hold parties and, and fundraising gatherings and stuff like that up here. Um, but the ducks have this beautiful marble lined replica of the lobby in miniature. Oh with, my God. W- with a replica of the lobby fountain in miniature. So they're used to it. Right. This is That's where they, incredible. And, and the, and the little house that they go up into and go to sleep is actually a, a miniaturized replica of the hotel. <laughs> And he explained that so so every duck, um, that the the owners of the hotel is a family owned and run hotel. Um, the, the the current family uh, bought it uh, back, you know, I want to say in the late '80s or something like that for um, just the back taxes owed on it, and have since poured fifty million dollars into its restoration. And still are still going. Um, uh, but, uh, they have a farm for the ducks and the ducks work for two years. Every duck works for two years and then goes to live out the rest of their life on the duck farm where they in the hotel. Well, no, no, you know, where they, oh, they, they work in the hotel and then they work in the hotel. The farm. Yeah. So they, they, yeah, they work in the hotel for two years, two years is a maximum and, and you know when a duck has uh, served its two years, it's it gets to go off to live out the rest of his life, uh, however it pleases on the farm. It's a pretty sweet life. Yeah. Well, and I think just a really wonderfully compassionate and humane way to do it right that this yeah, is yeah. that this is not about you know oh you know we're just going to have these ducks and work them till they die it, it really is we we care about these ducks we care about them so much that we're willing to spend as much on them as we would on any guest and put them up in accommodations that probably cost as much as as years in my house um i mean just uh you know i mean it's insane the accommodations those ducks get to stay in yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So, there you go. Peabody Hotel in Memphis. If you're ever in Memphis, stop in, visit. Uh, and uh, if you happen to hang around for too long with a kid, it's all the killer possible that Anthony, the duck master, will come up and, and invite you up for a personal tour. <laughs> you can't guarantee that. I cannot guarantee that, but... Um, but, but so here's here's the thing about that, the takeaway about that that I learned. And that is, you know, here we were, these travelers, you know, scrubby from, you know, being on the road for six hours, wandering in off the street, you know, uh, hanging out by the duck fountain. He didn't know us from Adam. But... He treated us like we were the best guests they had. Mm-hmm. And what he did by doing that is he ensured that should we ever go to Memphis again and stay, we will not stay anywhere else. 
no matter the cost because of just the way that we were treated in the 45 minutes that he spent with us. Nobodies. People off the street that weren't even guests at the hotel. You know, and that, and that you know, says a lot about, about service and about business and that sort of thing. Um, uh, there's a, there's a clothing store in the lobby of the hotel. I want to say Langham's. Um, I could have that name wrong, but as we were leaving, I noticed this, um, they have this story kind of painted onto the window of the clothing store. And, uh, it's, uh, you know, something like the, um, Jim Langham, uh, you know, was working in the store one day, you know, the owner of the, of the hotel, uh, or of the uh, clothing store was working in the, uh, you know, was working one day and this young man walks in and takes a look around at the clothes and really falls in love with them. And, you know, says, let me talk to the owner. And, you know, so he walks up and, and, uh, you know, the young man says, you know, sir, I'm going to be famous one day. And when I am, I'm going to buy this store. I'm going to buy you out. And, uh, and Mr. Langham, uh, you know, said to the kid, son, I believe you. I have all, all the faith in the world in you, but I'll tell you what. I don't want you to buy me out. I love what you do. What I do. This is my job. I just want you to keep buying from me. And uh, it ends with, and that's how Elvis Presley became a lifelong customer. Uh. <laughs> right? And, uh, you know, and even that was like, a, like a, an exclamation point on the lesson that this is a group of people from the top down, from the family that owns the place all the way down to the duck master. Um, that love the land, right? They're passionate about what they do. And they love it so much that it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're some bum off the street or Elvis Presley himself. They're going to treat you as if you are the greatest guest they've ever had. Because they know, they know that by doing so, by doing so, the return is so much greater. There you go. So, so those are uh, those are my tips for Memphis. Oh, um, and uh, barbecue. Get as much barbecue as you can. Yeah, I keep just, hearing. Yeah, that's yeah, Memphis is well known for their for their style of Memphis barbecue. So. Um, there's a nice little place down on Beale Street. It's a little touristy, but I like it. I can't remember the name of it. I want to say Beale Street Barbecue, but I could be wrong. You'll know it because it's got uh, kind of uh, hospital green floors and uh, torn up, uh, torn up red uh, booths. Um, but oh, insanely good barbecue. I trust. I trust in Hackett to take us to the good places. Oh yeah, he'll he'll take you around. He'll take you to the good places. So all right. Well, with that, uh, you know, we should chat later. We will. Cheers. Cheers, mate.